Hi, I'm Arnav Rostogi, and this is Satva Trinavas. And together, we are co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. And man, the regular season is over. Wildcard weekend is upon us. Super wildcard weekend, as they call it. And let's start with our first matchup on Saturday. Seahawks Niners, NFC West divisional rivalry. 49ers going for the sweep. What do we see happening? Yeah, first off, right, Seahawks getting into the playoffs with Geno Smith. Who would have thought that would happen, right? So hats off to Geno and the Seahawks, what they've done this year. They got a little bit of help there with the Lions that week 18, Sunday night game. This officially begins the annual Aaron Rodgers is retiring saga, but he doesn't retire and comes back in the regular season. So Yeah, that sounds about right. But let's dive into this game here, right? What do the Seahawks really need to do if they want to win? They're going to have to, first of all, put up a lot of points, right? You want to get ahead. You don't want to let Brock Purdy play his comfortable style of game where, you know, they're running the ball, the defense is doing well. You just put up 17, 20 points. That's not going to be enough. To me, if the Seahawks need to win this game, they need to be convincingly putting up 27 to 30 points and making Brock Purdy come out of his comfort zone. Do you think they can do that? I don't know. I don't know if they can do that because every time Seattle has played the 49ers this year, they get off to slow starts. They're unable to establish the run and they just force Geno Smith into uncomfortable situations. Geno isn't the type of guy who's going to chuck it downfield constantly. The Seahawks offense isn't a big play offense. They're that team that grinds you away slowly and slowly with that rushing game and that play action. Remember, This is really that Rams offense that was operating with Jared Goff as quarterback. That's what it really is. So it's going to depend upon if the Seahawks can establish that running game and establish themselves offensively. And that means the first two drives, they have to put up points. It is extremely pivotal that the Seahawks put up points early and force Brock Purdy into that situation where he has to drop back and just pass the ball almost every play. And he's not able to use Christian McCaffrey or some of the other running backs in that scheme that Kyle Shanahan puts out. It's about making the 49ers uncomfortable, making Kyle Shanahan uncomfortable and putting the 49ers in a position that they haven't been in. And for that, Seattle needs to score and they need to score early. Here's another thing that maybe not everyone is talking about, right? This is not the headlines. The 49ers are on a 10-game win streak. Like, I think think that's the the biggest uh, streak right now in the NFL, unless there's some other team out there. I doubt. But here's the question I guess I'm proposing to you, right? 10-game win streak. You're playing this team for the third straight time. Like, do do you put weight into the fact of, like, it's hard to beat any team three times in a season. Cause there's like school, two schools of thought on that, right? One is like, yes, these divisional games, it gets tough. You think back to Tampa Bay and the saints, right? In the regular season, the saints always had the bucks number, but in the playoffs, we saw what happened, but also straight up 49ers better team. Do you just go with the better team here? What's your thought process there? This reminds me of, I think, 2018 when the Saints swept the Panthers three straight times, two times in the regular season, one time in the wild card game. And the Saints, every single game, 
they established themselves offensively and they forced that Cam Newton offense to just pass the ball and not be comfortable with, you know, grinding that Saints defense away with Cam Newton as a rusher, with Christian McCaffrey. And this, quite frankly, reminds me of the same thing. And I'm going to go with the 49ers here, surely because that they have too many offensive weapons. And I think if I, I think they've put the Seahawks in an uncomfortable position in every game they've played. And I don't I don't see why this game on Saturday can't a, a part of me does want to pick the Seahawks, right? Because I'm thinking here, you know, a divisional game, the t- third time you're playing this team. And I know the first two games haven't gone the way the Seahawks would have wanted. But the Seahawks have shown to be competitive in the majority of the games they played. But I, I think the reason I'm going to have to go to 49ers is just the pure fact of a better team, right? It's not like it's a cl- it's like really close roster-wise. Like the 49ers like objectively have a better team. And if if Brock Purdy can just keep doing what he's been doing at home, you would have to go with the 49ers. But I, I guess that's just where I'm at right now. Yeah, that was guiding my thought process too, that the 49ers just on a sheer talent basis and the way that talent has been playing, not you know just a name written on paper, but actually on the field being effective as a pass catcher, as a blocker, or as a receiver, a runner, just on the field, Talent-wise, I don't think you can really beat the 49ers if you're the Seahawks. All right, this next game here, Chargers at the Jaguars. I actually think this might be the best game of the weekend. We're going to get to see two of the brightest quarterbacks in this league, the young stars, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. I think it's going to come down to the end of the game, one of these quarterbacks going down on a drive. Which quarterback do you like in this one? Before we start, I I just find this matchup funny. Just because these are these have been like the two most cursed organizations in the AFC, and now they're playing each other. Like when I think of this game, I I don't know why, but my mind immediately goes to field field goals and kickers because they've had like the worst luck in mm. terms of kicking. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I hear that. Back to the point. I I like Justin Herbert here better. It's by a slim margin, and I think it would be by a larger margin if. Brandon Staley didn't make the dumb decision to play his starters in a meaningless game. And they lost Mike Williams, who's a big piece of this offense. And now they have Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer uh, at the head of their wide receiver core. I still like Justin Herbert. Surely from a talent perspective, I just think the Chargers offense can move the ball downfield more efficiently and effectively than the Jaguars can. And I think that Travis Etienne and Austin Eckler. I think that's the big comparison here. And I think I like Austin Eckler as a running back better, surely because of his ability to be a pass catcher out of the backfield. It gives that Chargers offense another dimension, and it just makes Justin Herbert a better quarterback having that option of that check down to Austin Eckler, and he can create for himself after catching the ball. So from an offensive perspective, I'm going to have to go with the Chargers, and that's ultimately who I'm going to go with to win this game. Okay, I I was very split in this game, right? Because I can see great arguments for both teams being made, and the one you just laid out, right, with Justin Herbert, what this offense can do. And I'm thinking back to this Tennessee game. Sure, objectively, it was not the best game for Trevor Lawrence in this offense of this five-game win streak. But I I have been very optimistic with the Jaguars throughout these last five weeks. 
I want to stick with that. But moreover than the offense and what they've been doing, I think what you saw from the defense against Tennessee, I I know Tennessee hasn't been like this dominant force, but we saw that when the the Jaguars needed their defense to step up, they've proven it in that big spotlight. I think this is going to be like a field goal game, right? It's going to be either way, one of these quarterbacks at the end of the game. But if the Jaguars need to stop, I think this defense can get it. They've shown to have those big playmakers. I like them at home. I like what Doug Peterson's doing. I like what Trevor Lawrence is doing. I'm going to pick them here. I think they're going to win this playoff game at home. Wow. I You're comparing apples to oranges, in my opinion. The mm. Jaguars defense versus the Titans offense and the Jaguars defense versus the Chargers offense is a... They're two completely different stories. The Jaguars did not deserve to win that game last week. They were pathetic offensively. They could not move the ball down the field for the the, the life of them. And they were drop passes across the receiver core. They did not play well. And when you look at that last play, I'm sorry, but Justin Herbert is not throwing a check down on 4th and 13, unlike Josh Dobbs. That's just not happening. The Chargers receiver core is also much more capable of getting open when you're running, you know, four curls right at the 13-yard line, I think that if the Chargers were in that situation, they have, I think, a dramatically better chance of converting that than the Titans did. I don't see any comparison between the two, and I think that the Jaguars' offense plays like they did against Tennessee. This is going to be a blowout. This is going to be a blowout. Mm. If the Jaguars' offense played like it did, say, against the Cowboys or the Ravens earlier in the season, it might be close. But this Chargers offense is going to be a handful for this Jaguars defense to handle. I don't like the secondary for the Jaguars either. Give me the Chargers, man. I don't know if the Jaguars are going to be able to keep pace. Personally, I think you're higher on the Chargers offense than I am. Maybe maybe it's Justin Herbert. Isn't it? But if you look at the Chargers offense as a whole, right, not just Justin Herbert, they've been pretty up and down. Like It, it hasn't been like a top five offense or anything at least for me to be like, yeah, the Chargers are putting up 30 points, no shot. Like, I have seen the Chargers struggle a lot. I believe they went like a whole half against the Niners, if I'm not mistaken, in that Sunday night game without putting up points, right? Injuries, whatever. Mike Williams is a little banged up. But I, I think it goes back again to just the confidence I have with this Jaguars team right now. Maybe the Tennessee game is not what you'd look for, but... I don't know, man. I think I'm just very high on this Jaguars team right now. Maybe that will come to bite me in this playoff game. Maybe they're going to be a young team and a lack of experience would show. But we'll see. I guess we will. It's agree to disagree. Moving on to Sunday, uh, this Bills-Dolphins game in Buffalo. I don't think there's much to say after Tua got ruled out. I think mm. it's pretty unanimous. We're both going with the Bills here. Just, you know, clean things up, get the job done here. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate that Tua's not going to be able to play in his team's first playoff appearance, but it's tough, man. I don't know what to say. It's going to be a long day for the Dolphins. Uh, Moving on to the next game on Sunday, Giants at Vikings. Rematch of that earlier game this season. Vikings won on a game-winning field goal. Do you see things being tight again? Who Who do you see coming out? I do see things being tight. And I remember picking the Giants in that one. That was my upset of the week. And I was so dejected when I saw that 61-yard field goal go through. And I was like, I really thought, right, me rooting for the Giants to win as an Eagles fan. That was crazy, that moment. But either way, right, 
I think is going to be just as close. And out of these NFC teams, outside of the Eagles, the Giants feel like a dark horse to me. Like, I, I don't know how you feel about that. Like, Re- I, recap I can... of that Super Bowl run a few years ago, uh, wild card team, 10 and 6. I don't know about all that, but it feels like I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants string a couple wins together here. Like, because mm. to me, Minnesota is not a team where like, like they can, they're beatable. They're extremely beatable. That's, you're, you're not scared of them. I'm not scared you're of not them scared. at all, at all. But at the same time, I am scared of the fact that Justin Jefferson can out of nowhere score like a 70 yard touchdown and then yeah, change the entire game. So in terms of who I want to pick, like, I think if I had to give you like a breakdown of distribution, like it's like 51% Vikings, 49% Giants to me, like that's how close it is. But I'm picking the Vikings, right? Just the body of work. They've won these close games. Sure, they've they've lost a couple duds to the Packers, whatever. But I, I still do believe that the Vikings are a better team when it is by that small margin. But it's any team's game on Sunday, any team. Well, speaking of any team, I guess I'm going to go and pick the other team here. I'm going with the Giants. And when I look at the Vikings, the amount of games that they've won under five points it's remarkable if the vikings play another close game against the giants and the giants are just there with the ball last and they have saquon barkley at their disposal who's just gonna run the ball right through the heart of that vikings defense and they haven't been able to stop anything that defense has not been able to stop anything if they let the giants linger around you talk about justin jefferson on the Vikings offense, man, I'm going to talk about Saquon Barkley on this Giants offense because then they the Giants can control the clock, they can move the ball downfield, and hey, maybe they can kick a game-winning field goal in Minnesota and win the game. If the Vikings let the Giants linger around, which I think they will, and they've shown that they let every team linger around, I think the Giants can pull off an upset in Minnesota. This is the most beatable team, in my opinion, in the wild card round, and I think they're going to get beat on Sunday. I like it. I like it. This is the this is the same, I guess, confidence I had like whatever week fourteen or fifteen picking against the Vikings. But I think the fact that's just preventing me from picking them in this big game is just it's just it's hard to hold the fact that they win so many close games ahead against them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's not a bad thing to win close games. Like sure, it's it's a it's an insight that it's you're not, not a bad thing, but it can't be every single game. You know what I mean? Like you're letting if it's every single game, it's a good thing. You're able to close, you know, close out tight games. You're able to be clutch. But it also means that you're letting other teams linger around when they're not supposed to be, when you're supposed to put the game away. I, I hear that argument and it, I, I don't even disagree. But it's just like every game is close in the NFL, man. Like there's like there's not a lot of teams that are constantly blowing out opponents. Like, at least that's the point I'm trying to make here. So it's it's hard for me to say that the Vikings like it's hard for me to hold that against them, but what I can hold that what I can hold against them is the defense. They've been atrocious, and mm-hmm. if they do lose this game, it's going to be because they can't stop Saquon. He's going to have one fifty plus. Daniel Jones is going to be the most comfortable quarterback in Minneapolis, and that, that's just going to be the story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, another thing you can hold against them is that Kirk Cousins isn't playing at that one o'clock slot. He's playing yeah, at four thirty. That, so. That's probably the biggest takeaway from this matchup looking at it, right? That's that's going to be a deciding factor. 
I mean, Kirk Kirk's play is going to be a big deciding factor. I'll you know forget about the one o'clock slot or whatever, but Kirk cannot break down in in this prime time. He mm-hmm. cannot if he wants if you want this Vikings team to win. But I I will say that I don't. All right, uh, I guess we will talk about this later in the episode. But I guess I'll just throw this question out right now. Like, if you're the Vikings, who would you be? Like, who's who would you play? Like, if you could just choose any of these wild card teams in the NFC, like, who do you think the best matchup is for them? Because they got absolutely destroyed by Dallas. Who, this is probably the best matchup. I'm not gonna is, lie. It is right. So it's like that. That's the question of like. Yeah, it's it's interesting that the Giants are the best matchup, but the Giants almost beat the Vikings by like three points. So it's like, yeah, you, that's why I'm that's why I'm picking the upset. You, you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like they, they would they would play each of these games close, and I think probably all these other teams would put them away. The Giants are the question mark, but you know I think I'm banking on the fact that offensively they can get it done. Okay, it should be good though. And honestly, like this could be huge, man, for Daniel Jones. Maybe playoff win yeah. on the road. Conf- confidence. Talk about confidence. Mm. The coaching staff and that quarterback, that's big. All right, looking at this 8.30 slot, another divisional game, AFC North divisional game, Ravens playing Cincinnati uh, in Cincinnati. I guess staying in Cincinnati for two weeks now for the Ravens. And Lamar Jackson's health, big question mark in this game. That's probably going to be the deciding factor depending on if he plays or not. I don't know, man. I don't feel comfortable with the Ravens going into Cincinnati again without Lamar. I think you're shorthanded. You're not going to be able to do much. Like, I don't feel great if I'm Baltimore. Yeah, I I don't have too much to say. I think this is similar to the Dolphins-Bills game where if you don't have your starting quarterback, and I'll say this, even if he makes a surprise return, I don't think he's going to be 100%. And -hmm. if he's not 100%, I think John Harbaugh is telling him that I don't want you to run the football as much as you're capable of, especially with a knee injury. And that now takes away a dimension of that Ravens offense, Lamar's ability to run the football. So if he doesn't play, I think the Bengals win. If he does play, he's not going to be 100%. And in that scenario, I also believe the Bengals will take care of business at home. All right, let's take a look ahead to the last matchup, Monday night, Dallas at Tampa Bay. Probably going to be the biggest ratings game of the weekend. You know, you got the Cowboys and Tom Brady. Yeah, I want I want to hear your thoughts first. What do you got to say? Yeah, we saw these two teams play in Dallas week one, Sunday night. The Bucks came out on top. And for the Cowboys, at least, Dak is the big concern for me. If Dak is going to play like he did against Washington and provide the defense opportunities to take the ball away and give their offense life it's not going to slide with tampa bay and tom brady and defensively they're going to have to be more sharp than they were because terry mclaurin was tearing them up and if sam howell and terry mclaurin can tear them up on defense just imagine what tom brady and mike evans and then chris godwin on the other side what they are going to do this entire cowboys team is just questionable to me from the quarterback position to the secondary, I don't know Savic, but it's not looking good in Dallas. It is not looking good, and it is looking so bad that I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Maybe I regret saying that, but here's here's the psychological battle for me, right? You look at the eight and nine record for Tampa Bay, and you're like, "Am I really picking that sub 500 team?" But then you do a little bit of mental gymnastics and kind of just, you know, they they. 
they rested their starters after the start of the game last week. Maybe you make that a nine and eight and it's all good to go. <laughs> but here's the fact of the matter, right? The Dallas Cowboys, the last four weeks, it's just not been great. You lose at Jacksonville, tough game overtime with the turnover bug, right? With Dak Prescott. I know that last turnover was tough with right off the hands of Noah Brown. After that, barely beat a Gardner Minshew-led Philadelphia Eagles. Not a shot on Gardner Minshew, but if Jalen Hurts plays that game, we all know who's winning. No questions right. about that. And then at Tennessee, like, I'm not not impressed with that win. And then Washington, like, there's just – and then even before that, Houston, I didn't even mention that, right? You beat Houston by four points at home. Like, the, the Dallas Cowboys have not played a complete football game since week 13 against the Colts. I don't feel good at all. I do not feel good about this team. Yeah. And I think based on the questions I was raising about the Cowboys, my inclination is also the same as yours. I'm going with the Buccaneers here. And it, it's it's not because the Bucs are a better team than the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are a better team than the Buccaneers. I think they probably have more talent as well. But they're not utilizing that talent in the best way. And I, it starts with Dak Prescott, league leader in interceptions. and some most of them are his fault most of them are his fault so if you're going to give tom brady multiple opportunities to have the ball on offense and then defensively you're not going to play good football you're going to have some coverage breakdowns and you're not going to get to the quarterback as much as you'd like in tampa tom brady's going to tear you up he's going to eat you alive wow i'm actually i guess i'm like pleasantly surprised that we're on the same page here like i guess normally we're not but i guess this one is a little different but it's just bad for Dallas, man. But I, I think, honestly, this is a good, I guess, test for Dallas because here's the fact of the matter, right? It's it's not actually, like, them having such a tough opponent. It's just purely them trying to, like, play good football. Like, because it, it, if they just put it together, they can easily beat Tampa. That's not an issue that they just got to go do it. Yeah, but it's the putting together part that's probably the most difficult for that team. So, mm -hmm. I guess... The big thing is if, if they lose, does Mike McCarthy's job come under question? Do you think he gets fired? Um, well, Jerry Jerry Jones has been very clear about even if they lose, he's not getting fired. Like I, I, I figured the exact wording of the report I just read like recently, but it was essentially the idea is his job is not on the line in this game. I would think with Sean Payton available that maybe, but let's see. Anything can happen in Jerry's world. With that being said, thank you for tuning in to the 98th episode of the Backfield Rift. Should be a good weekend with football, a lot of good matchups, and be sure to tune in next week where we'll look ahead to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Until then, it's been Sotvik Srinivas and Arnav Rastogi. Stay safe and take care.